And we're back at the Bait and Switch Podcast Studios, burning the midnight oil, doing some intros and outros. Tonight's guest is Scott Saveco. That name might sound familiar. He's a returning guest from the first season. Yeah, Scott is a friend of ours from the neighborhood when we were growing up. And he was a really great guest the first time. And he's a really great guest in this one, as you will find out soon. And as always, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast feeds. In addition, you can find us at baitandswitchpodcast.com, our new website. And of course, through our Facebook page, Bait and Switch Podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners, and if you like what you're hearing, please pass us along to your friends. Your podcast starts now. Hola, bienvenidos. This is Richard Wilson. With this podcast, there are no electives. Every program is a prerequisite. The semester is in session. It's season two of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. Today we have our friend, a returning guest, Scott Saveco, back with myself and my co-host, as always, Chris Beyer. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yes. So, um, Scott, you know, I mean, we've known each other for a long time, and mm-hmm. even though we grew up together, there was a little lull. Uh, I don't know if a lull is the right word, but there was a little a gap. gap. You went to the Army. I went to the Air Force. So uh, so there was a little, there's some missing parts in there. So I, I took, what? With three, four weeks off of work. It took, it took about a month. It was about a month, to be fair. I wanted That's to a lot of time. minimize it, but it, yeah, it, it took a while. So I did, the reason I did that was to do a little research on you. Oh, okay. So I'll just, I'll tell you what I found out. And I appreciate the work that you put well, in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's been at some cost, I'd imagine, to your, well, your finances, sure, but, your personal life. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's a small price to pay. I mean, my wife and the kids, they know this is, it's a teamwork thing. Yep, yep. You know, it's all about Teamwork all makes one. the dream work, yeah. Right, right. Yep. And I mean, they sacrifice for me. I take from them. I mean, it works out. Well, well let's so hear what uh, you dug up on, sure. Scott, because there was a time where Scott, like, went off the grid, I think. Yeah, and, you know, he, he doesn't talk about those days. Let's hear what you got. So so during that time, what I, what I found in my research is that uh, you took a, a keen interest in inventing things. And you often referred to yourself as a student of all sciences. And uh, one day as you entered your makeshift laboratory, you discovered that a young boy had already snuck inside who was waiting for you in there. And uh, he explained to you that he'd been doing this uh, for the past few weeks and really had become fascinated with your work. Scott's he, hanging out with yeah. young boys? <laughs> well, by, by accident. Sort was of. he like above 18 or below 18? What do you think? He was, I believe he was probably still high school age. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this is... But, right. uh, you know, he uh, came in here. He's, he loved what you were doing in there. And he really wanted to kind of hang around and learn more stuff from you. And so um, being a sucker for flattery, of course, you took him in under your wing and, and became kind of a somewhat of a, a mentor to this young boy named Marty. Up until this point, you'd had some successes with your inventions uh, along the way, but since you were working all alone, there was no one to cheer you on. This was before, you know, Marty came along. Uh, so you kind of came up with your own motivating catchphrase. And so every time you'd have a success, you'd yell out a resounding, great, Scott. And oh. then when you had, you know, every failure, yeah. it was like an exasperated, oh, great, Scott. 
Oh, so he used so, his own name right. as, okay. Because right. there was nobody else around. What are right. you supposed to do, right? right. So uh, although you had many successes, you also, what I've learned, is that you quickly burned through your initial round of funding. Okay. So uh, unfortunately, that meant in order to keep on working on what you had anticipated would be your greatest invention, a time machine, you were forced to make some shady deals with sketchy organizations like Libyan terrorists. A time machine? That was his grandmaster plan. Wow. Yeah, yeah keep going. So uh, unfortunately, uh, the young boy Marty got caught up in this mess and ended up accidentally climbing into your time machine uh, in order to escape from the Libyans who had come back to collect payback on one of your failed deals and ended up transporting himself back to the year 1955. So that's, Was this in the papers? No, this is all... No, no, this is from the research. You can't find this in the papers. I, um, I mean, this is this is all undisclosed information. Yeah. So, and you can see now yeah. why Scott really hasn't talked about this at all. You know, Jim, I... Scott, if I may, this kind of sounds like the plot of a movie, right, Scott? It does, yeah, yes. it really is pretty dramatic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, it's like you probably could make a movie out of yeah, it. Yeah, I for mean, sure. It, I mean, it sounds very close to a movie back from the eighties, which is called Back to the Future. Are you are you aware of this movie from the from the eighties? It was a movie in the eighties. Are you aware of this movie? It's called Back to the to the Future, That's, right, Scott? Is this? It, does, it yeah. sounds a lot like that, right? <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense. Back to the Future, but I mean, you're going I mean back you've to, seen this movie, have you not? No, no, I don't. No, I've never heard of this. And you devoted like a month of your time, right? And uh, at great financial cost and personal well, cost. Yeah, and family hardship. But I, I mean, um, like I said, it's worth it. You know, to, to dig up a story like this. I, I think that your research is a little faulty, honestly. Fault, faulty, Scott. Think, I mean, this is clearly Back to the Future. Erroneous? It's a plot from a movie, right? Right. It, it has a DeLorean car. It has a time machine yeah. part called a flux capacitor that he. Well, uh, well, Scott. Of course, Scott knows this. He was there. He was well, the guy. We, we all know this. You knew because about this? it was a popular movie. Uh, they made three parts, right? Part two and part three. Hmm. I think that uh, you've uh, wasted a lot of time. Well, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Where are you getting this research? What, you can't really tell what you. website? So, no, 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 no. I had to go deep, deep. for this. This deep. is like dark web kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, had think, to go I think you could have gone shallow people. and found this. I mean, it's it's not the deep web. This is this is on the surface. This makes me mad now because I had to pay some people some good money for this kind of information. Jim, it's not I, just like it floats around. I think there's. I think uh, just take a minute, go back on the computer, and just do a little bit of work. Okay. And well, you know what? Come up with Obviously, else. that that's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, why he's doing that? All right. I want to, Jim. You know, cheer up. It'll it'll be all right. I want to get into things here with Scott. One of the last things we talked about is that you've gotten involved with music. Yes. And we didn't really get into that. And I think it's kind of an interesting story, in as much that in our last podcast we were talking with Jim Stingle, and we talked a little bit about us and the genesis of this podcast. Mm -hmm. We started this just a couple of years ago, and uh, I think the music thing that you started, you started, again, not when you were 20s or 30s, you right. just kind of started this at what point? Well, it was about five, six years ago. Uh, for me, my son loves music, my youngest one, and he likes to play guitar, and I was really more interested in him being a guitar player. So I started to get him involved in the guitar neighbor of mine was selling a guitar and so i bought his and right around the same time i noticed a buddy of mine named tom heideman he actually gave ended up selling me a electric guitar for cheap and uh, 
Now you at this point you've at that point never, you've never yeah, played guitar. Not real no, I have not really played, but And did gonna, you have a desire to play guitar in your twenties and thirties, or is this just something that struck you all of a sudden? Well, no, I I never really had to, you know, you like to look at the guitar player. I like music, I like uh That'd be cool if I could play and look like him on stage, but you know I didn't have the skill set or really thought that I could play at my age. You know, guitar lessons are very expensive, and I was going to get my son into playing guitar. At first, he didn't really like it, right? And I kind of took to it, so it was kind of that thing. So I ended up getting lessons from the Guitar for Vets program. You're a veteran. I am, yes. So I was, uh, yeah, I did a year in Afghanistan, and. All these years later, I didn't really want to pay for lessons. Right. You know, they're $100 a month, something like that, and I'm paying for my son to do it, which he didn't really take to right away. But for me, I got into the Guitar for Vets program. Right. And got some free lessons there, and that's what started it for me, learning how to play simple open chords. Right. And, uh, learning the guitar, learning anything is not necessarily mm-hmm. easy, especially when you're not of that age where you just absorb things. You know, mm-hmm. when you're past... 30s into your 40s and 50s and whatnot, it can be a little tougher to learn things, you know, teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. How did it go from just, you know, I'm going to learn to play a chord or two to like, I'm going to get up on stage and be a musician? When did when did that thought occur to you? Uh, well, when I, when I first started to learn, I didn't know where I was going to go with it. It was like, well, I can play some songs. And then the first time I really got into like, well, maybe I could do this in front of people was one time a, a buddy of mine, Bill, uh, he had a drum set, and he's always been a musical guy. So he had drums in his basement, and I hauled my electric guitar and my big PV amp downstairs, and we just plugged in. He just started playing music together. And we invited our friend Scott Moore over, and he didn't play any instruments either. And I le- I think I learned at that time knew an A and E and a D chord. Those are oh, yes. those are my three favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, what we did was we played Louie Louie about, you know, 40 times that night. Yeah. Right. And it was like, wow, this is interesting. You know, it sounds like music. And Right. So we left, and it was a fun night. And then I went home and started writing some song lyrics into that sort of Louis Chord Louis, structure. Chord structure, yes. With uh, rock music, you know, that chord structure is, is... a lot of songs. ...is like half of the songs yes. in the world yeah. are that chord structure. Oh, yeah, really? We, all okay. songs are Louis Louis, yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. we talk about, but... So, yeah, then we, we got together, did it another couple of times, and found we enjoyed it, and then started to develop our own material. And then this guy, Scott, who was in the band, uh, he learned how to play the bass. Yeah, I want to back up a little bit here. You talked about Guitars for Vets. Yep. I'd imagine one of the ideas behind this program is that it might be therapeutic, right, mm-hmm. for yes. vets to learn music mm-hmm. in reference to perhaps PTSD. Is that the idea behind it? And was that any idea for you in terms of, kind of the deal, therapeutic value of, mm-hmm. of, of music? It was part of that. You know, for me, I was more looking for lessons for my son. Right. Um, mm-hmm. where, do, where does one take lessons? You know, I'm right. just going on the Internet, and I saw just looking for the instructor's bios that were there, uh, one of the guy's name was Patrick Nettesheim, and I'm like, I just click on his bio, and it said Guitar for Vets, and right away I'm like, well, I'm a veteran. Right. I'm looking for lessons for myself, but I'm more going to pay money for my son. You know, mm-hmm. your child's development always trumps your own ambitions. So uh, uh, I work at the VA, and they have a they had a military type of uh, event called uh, Reclaiming Our Heritage, where like the military is celebrated. I saw that the Guitar for Vets had a booth set up, so I went up to the guy and i'm like hey is there a guy named patrick here and he's yeah he's over there and 
I talked to him, introduced myself, and he's like, yeah, you can sign up for lessons. Nope. Sure. Ten free lessons. And that's wow. all that was put to me. So I'm like, wow, it's, it's a good start. On my ninth lesson, he's like, okay, so next week you're going to get your guitar and uh, and then you'll be done. I'm like, okay. What do you mean get my guitar? So yeah, right. it kind of went out of my head. Yeah. Uh, next week I come back and he has this Washburn guitar, acoustic guitar. And he's like, oh. this is for you. And I'm like, what do you mean this is for yeah, me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm married. Okay, I'm expecting some kind of credit card or right. a payment sure. plan or something, but right. he just gave it to me. No strings attached, so I had a, you know, they, yeah, okay. they just handed They gave yeah. it to you without strings. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Real nice. Yeah. Free yeah. guitar. Catch. So, yeah. That's the catch. Yeah. <laughs> so how does it go from 10 lessons to I'm going to get on stage and the whole, you had never performed like this in front of anybody. No, were you, but in, I, were you in the band or orchestra or anything like that in high well, school? Well, I knew enough. I was never I was never in anything. My parents weren't one to have me in music and all of this. I think later in life you just, well, I'm in my 30s, 40s. You know, I'm never going to be able to sure. pick up a guitar and learn. But the Guitar for Vets program offers you that. Yeah. Now, they, cool. they primarily exist, you know, for veterans who have, you know, PTSD and other things. Uh, I mean, I take lessons. I took lessons. For, for me personally, uh, it was a thing where I just was kind of didn't want to pay for lessons. It was more of that. Sure, you know, sure. I wasn't really seeking a therapeutic thing at the time. We'll edit out the parts where you appear cheap. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to pay $100 a month for lessons. And so then right, you right. and your buddies would get together and jam, and mm-hmm. at one point you guys said, hey, let's, let's go play somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think our first, we basically started to play at um, open jams, which is I still play those things. But right. The, how was it in terms of the reaction from the crowd? Now, these were probably people you knew. Were people pretty supportive of you, know, you guys being these novice musicians? It was, well, the first time I think I ever went on a stage and played my guitar, I didn't, I intentionally didn't invite my band. I went there without them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was okay. super nervous. At this point, I'm very awkward. I mean, to walk up on stage and play a song in front of, a, and I, when you say crowd, you know, Ten people were in right. the play. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> this is not the right. sea of fans, you know, at a Motley yeah. Crue concert or something. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that. So I kind of was, and uh, you know, the guys in the band were pretty supportive. I think they knew I was super nervous, which I was. And I walk up there, and you know, I I probably looked awful, you know, and, and sounded terrible. Yeah. And I, I'm you know, sure. No. But it was it, the, the the cool point was is they were very supportive. That's why the open jam thing for anyone who wants to play is pretty. You know, pretty forgiving. You know, you can go up there and make mistakes. And sure. Was this kind yeah. of a you know, like a challenge to yourself? You thought I need to take chances at this point in my life. I think it was it was kind of that for me. It was more the challenge was to write songs. That was the thing for oh, okay. me. So you know, to play songs that already existed. You know, my level of skill wasn't there. So oh, yeah, I kind yeah. of figured like, well, if I write stuff, I'll know how to play it. That way, nobody knows when you make a mistake. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you could totally follow yeah. it up. Forget yeah. lyrics or make no, no. them up as you go. Yeah. Hey, this is what it was. This yes. is what it is, people. So you played in front of ten people to start mm-hmm. with. Now, how many times have you been in front of people at this point? Well, I probably play out with my band two to three times a year, and individually probably eight to ten times a year. And what's cool. the biggest crowd you've played in front of? With my band would have been our CD release party. That would I have think been. I was there. You were there, yes. Yeah. And it was. I counted. There was about eighty to a hundred people there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then last year, uh, my son Kyle and I played at the Locust Street Festival. 
And it was uh, over 100 people who were in the crowd. Right. I did Ooh. a quick count as I was on stage. It was a miserable day. It was cold. It was rainy. The stage was wet. That's probably and they were, fine. you know, walking Stay, around. We're standing in puddles. <laughs> in amps with, with amps, cords right? laying around. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, if you, if you see me, a lot of times um, I play barefoot. So I didn't do it that day. I probably shouldn't complete the circuit there with my <laughs> right. uh, bare feet. What's the, uh, what's the name of your band? Uh, the Weary World. Nice. Okay, and you've got uh, how many other people in the band? Right now there's four. Bass, two guitars, and drums? Yep. Okay, and you're the uh, rhythm guitarist slash yep. vocal? Some vocals, yeah. Now we, we have a new guy in the band, uh, Larry Barker. He's a, come in the band as lead guitar, and he, he writes a lot of his own material and you know, he sings a lot of the songs, so... What would you say your music sounds like? What are the inspirations? Uh, what does it sound like? Are you guys like... Um, <laughs> are you guys like uh, kind of roots, rock-type music? It's like folk music. That's the yeah. way that I describe oh, okay. it. Are you more like uh, Springsteen, or are you in the uh, John Cougar Mellencamp? Yeah, I'm more like Mellencamp. So you're more uh, acoustic guitar versus mm-hmm. electric guitar. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have an electric, and I played it a lot, but I've kind of put that away now, and I, okay. I now it's a lot of acoustic. Okay. And when you play these open jams, you know they don't want you hauling pedal boards. For me, I just have my guitar. I can just plug into whatever right. PA they have. And you don't have any shoes. Right. Any well, shoes? I'm getting away from that now. Oh, you know, yeah? There's a reason why I play barefoot. So which okay. is and well, when I air out your athlete's yeah. feet, <laughs> athlete's foot <laughs> yeah, problem. I think, well, for me, it was at first. Um, I like to have my lyrics and everything in front of me. I don't like oh, to, okay. um, you know, playing is hard. Playing. Why did in... you say okay to that? Sure, okay. <laughs> does does that make sense in terms of the shoeless part? <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah, because yeah, he gets to move it around with his toes. Right? I don't know. Well, yeah. But back when I was first playing these things, right. I have like a music stand and I put it on stage, and you know, you have to turn pages, and there's all this awkwardness to that uh-huh. well that and it looks like you don't know what the hell you're doing which you don't so, which i don't so for me <laughs> but I, you wanted to look that yeah way. i That's came up with this thing or i i realized it existed more than came up with it uh i found that you have an ipad and you have a thing that can attach an ipad to a stand it's a little uh clip that you can clip onto your microphone stand well then when you're playing and you're singing you know how do you turn the page how do you go to the next Oh, page okay. of music you know i i'm not going to stop playing and swipe okay. it with my Excuse hand me, everybody like you know it'd be cool if they had a thing that you could put on the ground and you hit it with your foot when you're ready yeah. but sure enough they make this thing it's called an air turn okay this pedal is made out of plastic it's not like a guitar pedal where it's a metal uh pedal and you can click it this thing okay. is kind of flimsy it's not made very well and i realized you know if i hit it with the exact amount of pressure and i knew where it was with my feet uh-huh. It was better. You wouldn't have these accidental hits on it. Okay. I took my shoes off. Okay. That way I know exactly where it is and without looking down at my feet. And that was the beginning of me playing barefoot. Okay. Wow. And then so recently I was doing this barefoot thing and one of the other guys I was playing with, his name is Pete. He He's one of the guys in the Guitar for Vets program. He's like, oh, this software works pretty good, but I have the same exact setup and I use this thing called OnSong. And he's like, it works way better than what you have. And nice. sure enough, he did. Well, the, it turns out that the pedal actually 
turns different under this new software. Okay. And if you hit the pedal, it, it really, it doesn't skip ahead anymore. Okay. So it lately I've been that, wearing yeah. shoes. So that's, Oh, there uh, you go. There should be a sensitivity setting. You should be mm -hmm. able to set that somehow. Yeah. That could have been like your stage persona, Shoeless Scott. Yes. Right. I was thinking It, it, it had become that. I mean, it had yeah. become, oh, this guy always plays barefoot. And some people thought it was kind of silly. And me <laughs> This guy sure. needs money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't afford the right. shoes. Right. Yeah, what was yeah. the reason that you weren't wearing <laughs> pants? What was that? Is there another well, story behind that? Story. We don't have time for that. Hey, look, this is my thing. All right. Don't this get out of me I about play. it. Yeah. This is how I, this is my, my mm -hmm. music. You know, you talked about your son and doing things for your son. And mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to go to uh, St. Louis for an event for my daughter. Have your, uh, your kids events taken you, uh, you know, sports, have they taken you places? Yes. Well, primarily Chicago. Uh, my son, my oldest one was a volleyball player. When he played club volleyball, we would be in Chicago for tournaments every weekend. Oh, okay. You've got just the one son? I got two sons. Two sons. Okay. Last time I went to St. Louis, a long time ago, was the only time I got a speeding ticket. Oh, really? Have you ever gotten tickets? I've gotten I've gotten one speeding ticket. I was going down to Chicago. Mm -hmm. I just crossed over the Wisconsin border, and this guy was driving, and okay, part of me was an idiot. Part of me felt like, hey, you know, this is me, baby. Right. Take it or leave it, right? I passed the cop, right? Yeah. So I was doing like 58. He was doing 55. And right. he saw the Wisconsin license plate basically and pulled me over and he started calling me, What are you stupid? You don't pass a cop. I'm like, What? Well, okay. He's like, Did you say at any point, This is me? I, Take it or leave it. I did not. <laughs> what I wanted to say, what I should have said, and it was the jerk store moment, right? When you think of it later. Right. If you had shot me with a radar gun and you saw me going 58, would you be pulling me over right now? No, you're just mad because I passed you. That's why he pulled me over. He's just yeah. mad because I passed him. People don't. Nobody will pass a cop. Nobody. Well, that's except for Jim. Yeah. Except for me. Yeah. Except for me because that's me, baby. You didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, when I. So anyway, that's. The, the, but the, I didn't get the ticket. That time. The time I got that ticket, the guy pulled me over, and he said he pulled me over. He said that'll be a hundred dollars. You know. Where was this? This oh, was in Illinois. This okay. is Illinois. Oh, uh, more Illinois. And he said that'll be a hundred dollars. And he said, you can pay me now or you can follow me to the courthouse and we'll have the trial right now. What? You know, that they had like a traffic court. You'd go in and you'd dispute it or not. And you'd have to follow him into town to do this. Really? And at least that's what he said. And sure. so I gave him the money. <laughs> I gave him the money. It was all the money I had for the weekend. And so yeah. I was like without any cash for that weekend. That's really weird. Yeah, I watch cops. Sure. You ever watch cops? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that if I ever really get in trouble... I'll know to duck my head when I get into the police car. Yeah, you don't want to get, yeah. You know, those guys are always really pushing yeah, on those yeah. people's heads. Watch your head. And they say, watch your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Jeez. they just push. I, I'll, I'll turn to them. I say, I saw the show. Yeah. I'm going to get my head down. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to shove me. You don't have to hurt my neck. <laughs> right. That's your speeding ticket? Yeah. What's, how many tickets have you got? Uh, speeding tickets. When uh, you drive, are you barefoot? Let's start with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's against the law, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've driven barefoot a couple of times, but uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I have. Yeah, nice guy. I, yeah. Like I said, I only got pulled over the once, but I've pulled over dozens of people myself because I do I do citizen's arrests. Oh, good, yeah. For speeding, right? Yeah. If somebody goes by me and I pull them over, I really don't do it that often because I hate the paperwork. You know, oh, I got the yeah. chief on my butt, you know, saying <laughs> sure. get the files in. Sure, get the files. Yeah, where are yeah. the files? Yeah, yeah. You, when, you, when you pull them over, do you stick your hand out the window and make a circle motion with your finger like, woo, and do the yeah. woo, woo. 
Like anything like that? Or how you, you might be surprised how many people don't really like it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm doing a service. Do, do you ask him to step out of the vehicle, please? Step yeah. Step out of the vehicle, please. Please step around to the back. You know, to be, uh, to be serious, remember, there is that one story where a friend of mine, Steve, had one of those red lights, the flashy ones that they see in movies where they put on top of the roof. Yeah. And he pulled over my brother just down the street down here. Really? As a joke. Uh-huh. Right around the corner was a policeman, oh, and he, he pulled him over. Yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. like totally illegal. Yeah, yeah, and he was like 16 or 17 at the time, <laughs> oh, and he got a lot of trouble for yeah, that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, when I'm going to St. Louis uh, here, ho- hopefully I'm going to be careful and not get a speeding ticket. Yeah. But I was looking, I did a little research myself. Jim did some research here earlier. I got a little information about that too. Yeah, I did some there. research about St. Louis. It was named for St. Louis the Ninth from the 1200s and i'm just thinking you know one through eight got kind of dissed right <laughs> sure. i mean yeah. i mean they could have gone for one two three they went for number nine yeah why number nine you know i, I mean, don't know i don't know st louis um gateway right, to the west yeah. st louis is a good good city Quite have you been city. in the arch uh i've not been i've been to the arch a couple of times but i never went in i i'm mildly claustrophobic and i don't like heights so i figured that's probably not a good i thought you're gonna say you don't like arches <laughs> have you been <laughs> I'm terrified of arches anything that's round semicircular is not good for have me. you been in the arch i have not i mean i've, I've been in the museum underneath it cool. and you didn't go up in the arch you're there go up in the arch no <laughs> no, no i don't it's, want to it doesn't even look bully. like a person could fit yeah. up there no it doesn't were, yeah. you're right well yeah we'll just have to agree to disagree we'll be arch enemies apparently <laughs> apparently and, yeah <laughs> and uh Arch rivals. Arch rivals. Right? I'm pro arch. You're anti arch. Anti arch. Yeah. Did you go to McDonald's? The Golden Arches. You got a problem with that? These two arches kind of cancel each other out. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'll, I'll just get, let you guys know real quick here. Yeah. Uh, I did check on that, and it apparently is. You're right. It was misinformation. Back to the by future. By these guys. Yeah. The back. I checked on the computer. Back to the future. I find it's a movie. I think uh, Scott's series. character was Doc Brown. Apparently, that's yeah. what they were going with. And so, uh, off air in a bit, apologize to Scott. Yeah. All right. With that, thank you for bringing it back to the beginning sure. because sure. we are going to take a little bit of break and yeah. we will be back for part two in just a couple minutes or for you on the web in a week. Okay, see you in a bit. Join us next time for the conclusion of our interview with Scott Savecco when Jim shows off his knowledge of culinary Darwinism. You know, the original corn was nothing like we have today. I've heard that about pizza. The original pizza was like nothing like what we turned it into. Yeah. yeah. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.